0: Eric cross uh, 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 Eric Cross wow. House 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 Enterprise Evercross House Enterprise Fan tracks Small State Big Tex You know the vibe every year we do this podcast Let's do this. Okay
1: Welcome back to small okay. state of big takes I've got to check what episode this is but I think it's 183 um so Steve Scott what do uh, you got
0: yo 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 what's good yo this is my favorite time of year because when Eric Cross comes through on the pod our big guest today you know baseball's right around the corner Eric this has been I think the third or this is our third or fourth time seeing you on our podcast thank you for coming through. We love you. What's going on, bro?
2: Yeah, I think it's the fourth. I think this might be the third one about baseball. and Then the other one was just letting me rant about random New England sports for a good oh, forty yeah, minutes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I was very upset with uh, several Celtic? different things. I don't even remember what it was. It was like all. Th- it was like all the teams. Like yeah. I was pissed off with the Bruins, the Celtics, the Red Sox, the Patriots. It was. It was a good time, but yeah, it's it's always fun. You know, it should be three days until opening day, but now we got to wait an extra week because of the lockout. But yeah, baseball right around the corner. I'm just glad that we get some games back finally, dude. Thank God. What would you have
0: done if we didn't get baseball back? That's the question.
2: <laughs> I would have cried. Um, I would have curled up in the fetal position, corner of my bedroom, and just cried myself to sleep every night because yeah. we already had to go through that. You know, with the shortened sixty game season back in 2020, obviously because of of COVID, um, and then it deal with the owners and the you know everybody fighting about all the COVID regulations. So they lost another. They could have played probably thirty to forty games more than they did. Getting sixty games was already rough enough. I'm like, I can't go through that again—not twice in, in three seasons. So, yeah, I'm glad we're, we still got a, a full one sixty-two game slate upcoming here. So, hopefully, some good fantasy baseball action. Hopefully, the Red Sox will do well. Not a good start with Chris Sale's injury, but I'm just, I'm just happy baseball's back.
0: Seriously, thank the Lord, baby. So you, you've been, you said off air, you've done twenty five roughly drafts yeah
2: ballpark and it's not all of those are like leagues you like set your lineup every day some of them are just best balls so it's like you have the draft you draft like a deep team and then that's it you just accumulate points you have to do anything after the draft that's probably accumulated that was probably half of my leagues so it's fun to to get those in and then some some of my other leagues i actually do have to do in-season work and they're like weekly lineup so you set your lineup on monday or maybe like a monday friday so they're not all I probably, I probably only have maybe three or four that are just daily new lineup. I actually have one of my home league drafts tonight, uh, eight 30 after my kids go to bed. So, and that's one of my daily ones on, over on Yahoo, but yeah, it's, I, I just love drafting. I've, I started drafting for this year back in early November because <laughs> both Fantrax, where I obviously write and then NFBC, one of the other big platforms open up. You know they don't wait for like yahoo waits until like february same with espn and cbs i believe but fan tracks and NFBC are both open again like a few days after the season so i made myself wait until november that i started seeing all my other friends and post their draft results so i got the itch and i think my first draft was like november 3rd or something like that And then it was you know floodgates open and 25 drafts later here we are
0: that is tremendous that is
1: <laughs> I, I love hearing that <laughs> That is crazy. I did my first draft last week and that was like, Oh, we are so back.
2: Yes. It's all, you, you know, it's back when you got, yeah, you got your, your home league drafts. It's mid to late March. Things are ramping up with spring training. Yeah. That's when you know it's a good, you know, get March madness going on. I love this time of year. It's a great time. You know, NBA and NHL coming down to the, getting near the playoffs. It's just a really fun time of year in general.
0: So, so far, who have you been targeting? In your and all the like. Do you have a certain group of guys that you've been targeting near the top lately? The oh, you draft? mean in the
2: in the first couple of rounds of the drafts? Yeah. yeah. It really, really depends on where your draft slot is, but uh, I've been trying to get my ace earlier than usual. It seems like every year pitching gets pushed up more and more. So uh, I've yet to really. I, I, I guess a few times I've gone in turn, especially in fifteen teamers i you know, got my ace in the back end of the first round, but usually by round three at the latest, I, ha- I have my ace already. And I've gotten a lot of Sandy Alcantara from Miami. I'm all on board this Sandy Alcantara train. That dude is money. One of four guys last year to get 200 innings, low ratios, K rates on the rise too. So I think he could be like this year or what exactly Wheeler was last year. I think Alcantara could be that guy this year. Whoa. I've got a lot of shares of Acuna too, because people are scared, man. Like, People are scared because he's going to miss the first, you know, what, two, three weeks of the season. But what people don't realize is that five months of Acuna is still better than six months of 99% of players in baseball. <laughs> like he could still go 35 bombs, 20 steals in a hundred RBI, hundred runs in five months of action. So yeah, if, if you get a late first round pick, you're you know, pick nine, 10, 11, 12, whatever. Don't be afraid to take Acuna there because he's still going to be a stud. And he, he even said like, He's he feels hundred percent or was it ninety-five percent a few weeks ago. And if it was up to him, he'd be there on opening day. But obviously the Braves are gonna be cautious with their young superstar, which is you know, I get it. But uh yeah, don't don't be afraid to take a cuny. I think he's still gonna be a stud
3: this year. Great to have the DH for them too, to kind of ease yeah. him in, right? Wasn't that the game plan of like DH yeah. for a month and then so it's like from fantasy perspective, that's like that's perfect.
2: Yeah, you're know, the, the uh that's the reason why I'm so happy we have the National League DH now as well, because not only does it allow you know that scenario that to play out with an injured superstar to ease back into action but all these aging first basemen now have their careers prolonged instead of like all right you got to cut out 15 teams if you know if they go to free agency when they're 35 like Nelson Cruz or Albert Pujols guys like that Pujols isn't fancy relevant anymore obviously but just those aging sluggers they get you know a little bit of a, more of a prolonged career and it's just really helpful you can get catchers over there like like Will Smith could be DHing 20, 25 times this year when he's not catching that gives him more plate appearances. It's just a good thing all the way around. Cause would you rather have, you know, a guy like the, you know, Nelson Cruz in the lineup, or do you want to watch, you know, pitchers hit, you know, oh sixty three 63 with a 70% strike cut rate, you know, not everybody's Shohei Otani. We know that. So uh, yeah. And i is a great thing, I think.
3: Tell you what I agree though. I, I think uh, Will Smith is much more than a slap ball hitter. Um, yeah. And I think he's a, he's a solid rock in any lineup, I would say.
2: Yeah. Especially in that video game lineup, they got out there in, in Los Angeles. Like, you know, the, you know, when you got you're playing MOE, the show and you can just, you know, you turn off all the restrictions on trade. You're just trading for every superstar. You got, like this all-star lineup. That's basically what the Dodgers have going on there. Like they already had a top three lineup and then you just add, you know, Casually, just add Freddie Freeman into the mix. A guy's been, you know, an MVP caliber player for the last, you know, seven, eight years. It's just cr- when Cody Bellinger is like your worst hitter in your starting lineup, that's <laughs> that's, saying it's that's something crazy. Right it's I know, terrifying. right? Which I don't know if that says more, about the, that's it more about the Dodgers lineup being really good or the fact that Bellinger's absolute garbage right now. Probably both, but
0: yo, Eric. Yeah. I had an idea for you uh, just out of the clear blue. I want to ask you a question. Uh, pick one of these two guys. Ready? Logan Webb or Shane Bieber? Who oh, would you rather have right now?
2: Dude, I love me some Logan Webb, and he's a guy, I think the pitcher outside of Sandy Alcantara that I have the most shares of so far. But I still got to go Bieber. I think people were kind of undervaluing him now, making too much of a small sample size last year. And, yeah, maybe he's not twenty twenty good when he had, like, a sub-2 ERA. but he's still one of the five to seven best pitchers in the game. And Webb is very good. I just don't think he has like that level of upside. Like he, he'll get you low ratios, a good K rate. He has a super high ground ball, right over 60%. But yeah, he just can't get you like that 250 Ks that uh, Shane Bieber can get. So yeah, I'll, I'll go Bieber there, but I love both those arms for this year and beyond.
0: How about Giolito versus Sandy?
2: I'll go Sandy. I, I like Giolito and all, but I think Sandy's just, a little bit better they'll probably have similar k rates maybe the sled edge to gilito but i think sandy's just gonna outproduce them by a good half run in the era have a, a better whip uh, probably more innings as well so i'll lean sandy that's not it's not a huge gap i think i have them like you know two three spots apart in my pitcher rankings but i will lean
3: sandy all right we've talked pitching a bit and in terms of the dhs too i'm just kind of curious in your thought of like obviously the basic logic would tell you that all those nl pitchers that are now all of a sudden going to have to face one more legitimate hitter in every lineup at least the first two um times through are you i don't know is that do you think that's being like accounted for in some of like the, the way that people are drafting and whatnot you know what i mean because it's like for those guys like new to the nl or just um like logan webb for example right he broke out in a, a totally different league than what it's going to be this year is that, is that something that you're like a little afraid of, or is that kind of negligible where it's like, all right, he'll figure it out. Like all the AL guys do or guys that come to the AL.
2: Yeah. I think it's more negligible, especially okay. for the top guys. Like maybe, I think there's, you know, as you get further down the list it might have a, like a bigger impact on the 50th ranked guy, as opposed to like, I don't think. It's a fact- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kyle <laughs> Hendricks or someone right. like that, or uh, who's uh, Zach Afflin, you know, someone like, like of that. Sure. Oak. But I don't think it's going to have any effect on the guys like Corbin Burns and Zach Wheeler and Julio Urias and Walker Bueller and all those types. I just don't think it's going to have that much of an effect. I think people want to make a big deal out of it, but those guys are just so elite. And you look at, look at some of their, their stats against the American league during interleague play. And a lot of these guys, it's, it's right on par with their stats against the national teams. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to be maybe a little bit of an impact on, on some of the lower guys, like I mentioned, but, you get those like the top 20 or so arms. Like they're going to be good no matter what. So I'm, I'm not reading too much into that for them.
1: Okay. All right. In your fantasy drafts, who is someone that you are avoiding at all costs? Like maybe like a top 100 player, top 50 player that you want nothing to do with. Do I go with my
2: usual answer to this question or do I change it up?
1: Uh, One of each. <laughs>
2: All right. So my usual question, which is my, the same answer, you could ask me this in 2021 and 2020 and 2019 would have been the same answer. At Alberto Mondesi, I want zero part of <laughs> <Man>. it. <laughs> I, I, I completely understand that he can go on these like ridiculous stretches where he can be like the best fantasy player for like three, four weeks. Like he did that in what year was it? I want to say it was like the last three weeks of 2020, I believe it was. And because people know me and know my, my, you know, I will not say hatred, but my disdain for Mondesi that everyone was, every time he'd have a steal, a home run, two runs scored, they were tweeting at me, Eric, look, oh, is doing good again. I'm like, I get it. I can, see, like, I can see the box score people. But the inconsistency is just so ridiculous with him in terms of both performance and durability. The dude cannot stay healthy. He's one of the worst played approaches in the history of baseball, which <laughs> is, which is one of the reasons, why that fuels the ups and downs with him. So and plus if you put all your egg, if you if, if you get modest you're like, all right, I'm set on speed. That is super risky. Don't do that because not if when he goes down, now you're like, you know, crap, what am I gonna do with speed? Now now I'm kind of lagging in speed and you gotta go try to find out on your wafer wire. So I prefer to get like 10 steals here, 15 here, 20 here. So if one of those one one or two of those guys goes down, you're not really affected as much as if you're putting all your eggs in the Mondesi basket. So totally avoiding him. And the other one's Cody Bellinger. And we already mentioned him a little bit, but the dude has been absolutely terrible since really since the beginning of 2020 and even the second half of his MVP year in 2019, he was like good, but not great. It was really those three, three and a half months early in 2019 that fueled that MVP season. And since the beginning of 2020, I think he's hit like 210 or even maybe, maybe, maybe even below that. He hit like 165 last year had one of the worst seasons offensively of the last hundred years last year. And people are like, oh, well, it's injuries. He'll completely write it off. And yeah, that's probably factored in a little bit. Sure. I I don't think he's that bad, obviously, but people still think he's a bounce back and be this like elite player. And I just don't see it. Like there's so many holes in the profile. You see that this spring, he's tinkering on his swing yet again, which has been like the third time in the last 18 months, which is just not good. And he struck out 14 out of 20 plate appearances, which is 70%. That's just, that's not good. So for where he's going, this would be somebody in every draft that likes Bellinger more than I do. So yeah, he's another one that I've just been avoiding at all costs. He could fall to pick 200. I still probably would not take him. I don't think
3: he's that good. I kind of strikeout rate testing heroes over there saying, see, that's it could be worse. <laughs> he's,
2: actually, he's actually looked kind of good here. He has looked kind of good. Yes, this, this I'm our, back. I'm back he, on that wagon. <laughs> yeah. He's uh he's altered his, his swing a little bit again, but looks like it's been doing wonders for him. And there's been a lot of positive reports out of Milwaukee about here. Yet, and I don't know it, how much he plays. They kind of have a log jam in the infield there, especially sure. with like Rowdy Tellez and Colton Wong and all the other guys. But yeah, he's, he just does enough to keep everyone interested, right? Like, like you, you want to, you have like one foot out the door, but you're not fully out on here. He keeps showing something every now and then keep you, yeah. keep you pulling you back in. So yeah, maybe this is the year he, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be as good as we thought he was going to be back when he came up as a prospect, but
3: maybe he's still going to be a, a decent little player. We'll see. And speaking of the Brewers slash, like, I feel like a similar guy to Bellinger, at least in terms of some rankings. Actually, I don't think you, you had a little bit of space in between those two guys. But I feel like a lot of like rankings came out with Bellinger and Yelich like right grouped together of like one. And then the other, I, I think you, I don't believe you did. I think you had Yelich a bit higher than
1: that. Um,
3: I think probably I not by a, much, but a, I'm just curious. And, yeah. yeah. What, what are your thoughts on him though, in terms of, uh, I don't know, to kind of compare him to the whole Bellinger situation.
2: Yeah. It's funny. These two are like always linked together nowadays because they're, they're MVP battles. Now they have both come through immense struggles, but you know, with Yelich, I'm I'm equally as concerned. More so, just the durability. You've seen like there's been a knee issue, there's been a back issue, which always concerns me. All the, those backs have a way. You know, with, with baseball players, you know, swinging is a can be a violent thing, especially with the back. So if your back's not right, you're you're not going to hit well, and you can easily re injure that back. So the fact that he he's kind of his batted ball profile has gone back to what it was like pre MVP levels. He's hitting more balls on the ground again. You're still hitting the ball hard, but when you hit it hard on the ground, it's almost like the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. issue come a couple of years ago. You know, you're going to still not do well. you got to get that ball, get that launch angle up. So, I don't know. I, I still like Yelich a bit. I think there's still, like, a chance of 20 homers, maybe 10 steals. But I think the best days are very much in the rear view, and I don't think he's ever going to even come close to that. Can he still be a decent fantasy player? Yes. Anything above decent? I don't know. I, I still think there's a lot of red flags. He's not getting any younger. I think he's like 32 now. He's getting up in, near his mid-30s. So, yeah. Yelich is a guy that I've also kind of been avoiding a bit this year, too.
3: Gotcha. No, that's fair.
0: Would you take Yelich before Bellinger, though?
2: At, at, today, yes. If you'd asked me like a month ago, it was probably almost a coin flip for me uh, for, the, for this year alone. For Dynasty, I'd still lean Bellinger because he's like five years younger or whatever. But at this point, with seeing how Bellinger's look. And I, I don't try to read too much in the spring training stats, obviously, but when a guy looks this bad and he's tinkering with a swing, I do take notice to that. Like, so yeah, if I if I had a draft like in my draft tonight, if those two were on the clock, I would if you told me I had to take one, I would take Yellich just because I think he's a little a little safer, I guess, which is not he's not even that safe. But yeah, I, I would lean Yellich just because Bellinger looks so bad. And who knows if Bellinger is hitting under 200 you know mid-may late may i could even see them him losing time moving into a platoon or even you know a bench role when you get the phantom il stint who knows so it's not like there's you know a safe spot for him i think if he's not performing the dodgers will make a change they have enough bats both on the bench and in the minor leagues that are near ready they could make us make a swap if he's not doing well so yeah i want nothing to do with with bellinger especially
0: what a fall off for bellinger man like I wonder what his future holds, like, money-wise, yeah. everything. Obviously, they're going to phase him out at the Dodgers, but damn, like, what the hell? He was, right. like, an all-time runner for a minute there. He looks yeah. so sick.
2: And that just shows how hard this game is. Like, you can be an MVP one minute and have one of the worst offensive seasons in the last century two years later. It's <laughs> That's why I love baseball. And, I obviously, I'm a big Celtics fan and Patriots fan as well, but baseball is just so difficult and so hard to be great at. You know, even the, I've seen some extraordinary players that I, I've even played against back in the day that they can't even get to like college. You know, it's like, that's how hard this game is. And even like I said, the, the best guys, you know, get out 70% of the time. So uh, that's why I just love baseball. It's just such a hard sport to be good at, especially when you got 96 mile an hour cutters coming in, 93 mile an hour sliders, like Jacob DeGrom. It's just so difficult. So that, that's what, that's one of the things that makes this game so great.
4: So talking about greatness, I'm going to leak some information right now to half the league that I'm in, you know, right here. Uh, why give, give me a reason why I should keep Mike Trout. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I am so afraid of Mike Trout, not being Mike Trout. And I don't know what it is. Well,
2: I guess I have to ask you a question before I can answer that. What Mike Trout are you expecting? Like, are you hoping for, Mike Trout five years ago or Mike Trout from last
4: season before he got hurt? Like I need like a hundred RBIs out of this guy.
2: I think he can. I think with Trout, obviously the super high, you know, stolen base totals are gone. Like he's not going to be 30 Hmm. plus steals anymore. Could he still be? But I think if you look at all of his, his sprint speed and and all the base ring metrics, he was still very good last year. Just he was hurt and didn't want to run as much, but he could, st- I, if he wanted to, he can go steal 20 this year. I don't, I don't have any issues with that, but look at, look at the metrics last year. He was, you know, pound for pound, having one of the best seasons of his career offensively with with the power metrics and the average and whatnot. Like he was going to have like 40 plus 120 plus 120 plus, but it's just all, can you say healthy? And I'm hoping that with, with them shutting him down and they even said that he might've been able to come back Late last year, if they were in a postseason hunt, which obviously they never are, which is unfortunate for Mike Trout. But <laughs> I think just giving him that extra time, like he's going to have you know, what, 10, 11 months now since he had that calf injury. So I think he's going to be good to go. And I think you're going to, I'm not, I don't think you're done seeing Mike Trout be a top 10 guy. I think he's still got another three, four years of being a top 10 guy if he can stay healthy, of course.
0: How do you feel about Eloy? <laughs> Eloy versus Luis Robert, all that. I just want to know how you feel about Eloy, though, mostly. That's my boy. Uh,
2: very much more Robert than Eloy at this point. I always kind of have been, but I think the gap is even widened now. I think Eloy's good. Like, in my dynasty rankings, I put him and Austin Riley from Atlanta back-to-back. I think they're pretty similar, you know, 270-ish hitters, 30-plus bombs, you know, good, good amount of RBI and runs. But obviously, he doesn't run. And even the batting average has kind of been not quite as high as I thought he hit much better in the minor leagues. So I think he still looks at very good. I don't think he's ever going to be elite. I don't think you'll see him as a second round pick or anything like that ain't, ever, but a guy that's, you know, always like a back end top 50 guy, except 270, 30, hundred, hundred, something like that. White six lineup is loaded. So just going to make sure he doesn't try to you know, rob any home runs in the spring training again. And, you know, tear his shoulder up like he did last year. But yeah, if, he, if he's if he could stay healthy, I think he's gonna be a very good power bat. Maybe even forty homers. He's got that much power. So um, yeah, I like him. I just don't. I like Robert a lot more. I think Robert is the only other guy that could really be like Tatis, Acuna, good. Especially if the improvements with his contact skills and the plate approach that we saw last year in those two months stick this year. Like Robert, and they and they let him run enough, which is you know something that Rusa didn't really do last year. He, he has the option to go like forty home runs, thirty steals. He really does. But um, yes, yeah, so I'll I'll take him because that that speed especially is just so valuable in fantasy these days. That's why I go Robert. But I think Eloy is a, a very good bat long term.
0: How about someone like Wander Franco? Do you see him entering that kind of upper echelon of like ultimate keeper Soto? You know, you know what I mean. Like I feel like he has that hype, but do you see him like, you know, entering that like top five draft pick? Fan? No,
2: I don't. Uh, I think top 15, really top 20, top 20 is fair. I just don't think like, obviously he's a hit for a super high average, right? He's said hit 300 plus. He's one of the, he might have the best hit tool I've ever seen. So 300 plus is almost like a lock, which is weird to say, but I just don't think the power speed gets to that level. Maybe he can be like a 25 Homer guy, which is good, obviously, but I don't think he's more than 12 to 15 steals, maybe even less than that because really? You know, he's got solid speed, but he's never run a ton in the minors, and he's never been efficient running either. Like, I don't know what, what his success rate is off the top of my head, but it's not great. It's, I'd be willing to bet it's under 70%, which is not good. So, I just don't think maybe he morphs more into like a middle of the order guy. They don't have him run as much. So, maybe he's still 325, 10, which I think would put him you know, right around the, where like Ozzy Albies is now, because I think he's got. Obviously more batting average upside than Albies, but Albies has a little more category juice, which kind of probably offset each other. So right around where Albies is like you know, always ADP 15 to 20 range last couple of years. So I think that's where Franco can settle in. But you now I had this conversation with my uh, co-host Chris on Fantrex Toolshed, where we both would take Bobby Witt Jr. from the Royals over Wanderers because that Witt has legit like 35-25 upside. Like that this is guy, has, guy. Yeah, Witt's gonna be a monster maybe even this year i've told
1: steve this uh the other day i was like if bobby witt gets past, like in, in our league we have three keepers so the draft starts in the fourth round 10 person if bobby witt gets to me in the in that first round i'm taking him no questions asked so if anybody wants them take them before that
0: oh, oh what, that. yeah. what's the vibe here eric tell me tell me what's going on with uh, what pick bobby would that witt, be please. i'm at the end of the fourth round so that would be pick 40
2: Oh, absolutely. I just, so for reference, I'll give you actually two points of reference here. So in my home keeper league, uh, we keep 10 and you can't, you can take prospects in our off season draft, but if you don't take them, then you have to wait till they get called up. So my buddy was waiting to take Bobby Wood Jr. The entire year last year, he had the first waiver. He waited on him. Obviously he didn't come up. So me, I ended up trading one of my 10 keepers, Wander Franco got back Brandon Woodruff and the number one overall pick which I used on Bobby Wedge. Whoa! Yeah, so I feel awesome about that. But in that, that uh, dynasty draft that I'm currently in, the startup uh, industry dynasty draft has 20 industry people in it. Uh, I got, uh, what was the pick? Was it? So I had 20 teams. I had the 16th pick. And I got to my 16th pick, and all the guys I wanted were off the board. Nobody fell. So I was like, I could either go an ace, get like Corbin Burns or Garrett Cole, something like that or I can go one of the older guys, you know, trout, Mookie Betts, or I can go young. So I went Wit junior at 16 overall. And I feel good about that. I think he's going to be top 10, uh, maybe by this time next year, you could see him being just top 10 everywhere. Like he is, he's that good. The upside like, is that high.
1: It's like Bo Bichette it's yep. an, to me. It, it's Bo Bichette would be with, very similar players. I think maybe,
2: yeah, maybe a little less average for wit, but more power, but yeah, this over the overall package is going to be pretty close. And, Boba going like fifth overall or sixth overall in draft right now behind the big game. So yeah, I, I think Dude. you'll see Witt up there before
4: too long. I love, I love Bobby Witt. Um you already have Bobochette.
3: <laughs> what's his like what's what kind of power are wow. we talking with Bobby Witt though? What's like in terms of like, I don't know, career high in a season for like homers, and maybe I guess RBIs are tougher to project, but like is he like 25 max or is he like, no. oh, he could push 3540?
2: I think he I think you could see. 35 to 37 at peak i think you could i don't Great i don't move. see 40 but i could see definitely oh, mid 30s like he's not a huge guy i think he's like six foot six one like 200 strong but he's not like a huge like he's not eloy jimenez size yeah. but the, the bat speed the contact skills just the raw power it's 70 grade raw power it's elite raw power And you see the swing it looks a lot like mike trout swing and i don't want to put that comp on him obviously but the swing is just so good He's improved as a pure hitter since he was drafted a few years ago. So, yeah, I think you could see, you know, maybe next 10 years, maybe he averages 28 to 32, right around 30. But I think you'll see some of those 35, 36 seasons creep in as well.
3: I will say this, Eric, you obviously your advice to begin with always moves the needle. However, with this particular group in draft of uh, this league that we have, you're probably, you could skew the draft in any <laughs> way. you say. And honestly, I, I don't even care. You should just say stuff. You don't even believe at this point, just for the chaos. Of, like, you should. Oh, you should. I'm just, I'm just realizing that. Cause no, cause people literally will listen to this podcast. Text me when you listen, when you're scouting our, for our draft. Cause there are people that will be like, Oh man, there's some <laughs> trying to get Absolutely. some up. To know what everyone's a what you're thinking, but then also be like, oh, oh, what did Steve react like? Did he like, oh shit, Bobby Witt? And then- Seriously,
2: <laughs> should I throw people off and say that uh is going to go 30 70 this year? Or like that? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Take Montesy first overall and just screw up your draft.
3: Power Mondesi, speed combo. <laughs> how do you how
1: do you take Bobby Witt over Montesy I'm not sure. <laughs> That's
2: right. Do we I
3: trust the Royals to have him up right away? By the
1: way, yeah, he
2: looks, looks like it. Third. Yeah, he's been playing okay. third. Yeah, so. And you know it's not like modesty is going to stay healthy for very long, so he'll probably over to, he'll probably over the short by Memorial Day.
1: But the big thing is he should get third base eligibility at some point this year, so a little third base shortstop be, action too.
2: That's going to be huge because you know third base falls off quick. It's you get the good top six or seven, and then it's like a bunch of question marks. Where you go with like an old guy like Justin Turner who's been solid, but he's 37, 38 now. You go, you got like donaldson who's always hurt i do like donaldson this year or like matt chapman who hits like a buck 80 so yeah there's a lot of flaws past the top like two tiers so if he could get third base eligibility with that speed which obviously not many third basemen outside of like joe Graham and maybe key brian hayes have that'd be freaking
3: awesome i would love that yeah no that is funny i feel like it's a different league without uh um what's his name kyle seeger just maintaining the floor of a third baseman, just dug <laughs> along. I'm just like, like, like if, if you Googled average third baseman,
2: it would yeah. just be a picture of Seager looking at you. Yeah.
4: I, was, I like... was
2: hoping to, I was hoping that I heard like some rumblings that Texas wanted to bring him out of retirement to have an all Seager left side of their infield with his brother, Corey. That would have been awesome. but that would have been so some,
1: cool for you. sounded like
2: Kyle's very content with retirement and hanging out with his family, which, yeah, I don't blame him. He, he had a
0: pretty solid career. Definitely.
3: Yeah. Hey, boot up his brother if he needs money too. He's oh, fine. Yeah, yeah, Corey's making 30, was it 32 again. and
2: a half average annual value over the next decade? So yeah. I think the Seeger family will be fine financially.
0: <laughs> How do you feel about that contract, by the way? I had a mental breakdown over it. The, the Corey Seeger one. <laughs>
2: you know, it's it's a bit much on talent alone, he or he earned it, but he's another guy that just hasn't been able to stay healthy that often. I'm surprised. Once I saw him go 10 at 325, I'm like, oh, geez, what is Carlos Correa going to get? And then I was really worried when all the list of suitors for Correa kept dropping out. Like, Yankees would drop out. Dodgers would drop out. Houston would drop out. And I'm like, God, Red Sox are still on the list. And I did not want to spend $350 million on Carlos Correa. And we already have Xander Bogarts chilling here at short. So I'm glad we went the route of Trevor, Trevor Story. I love that move. I think Story's would be a beast this year in Fenway probably Hitting fifth and just driving in Xander and JD and Devers and, and Hernandez and everybody, but yeah, th- that contract for Seeger, though, like they, I'm glad Texas is spending money. I'm glad it's not just the same five, six teams spending money every offseason. So I'm glad he went to a, a non big market, I guess, so to speak. But yeah, that was if he could say healthy, I think he could live up to that contract, but it's a big if.
0: I agree.
1: All right, uh, before we let you go, what is your big at small state big takes? What is your biggest take? Uh, one regarding fantasy baseball and one regarding uh, just baseball in general this year.
2: Oh, that's a good question. For
1: fantasy baseball, I
2: will let's see what's I have a few. I'm trying to think which one I want to go with here. I'll go, I'll stick with my boy Jared Kelnick. Everyone knows I'm a big Jared Kelnick guy. I will say Kelnick is a top 50 player this year. That your people can get around pick 130 to 140. So um, definitely buying that price all day for non fantasy. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I don't know. You gotta put me in the spot with that. I gotta think of something here. Try to think of like a team that's not gonna do well or a team that'll exceed expectations. All right. I'll say the Cubs are a postseason team.
0: Yeah. Nice. Wow. I like that.
2: I think the Cubs are going to be sneaky good this year, you know, and they keep adding some pieces here and there. And maybe they make some trade. That's a team that maybe they they aren't a postseason team right now on paper, but maybe if they get off to a good start and they're like hanging around, they can make some moves at the deadline, get into it. You know, I like the Cubs. Too. I've always been a, kind of a, it's always been like my national league team. You know, it's always been a lovable team, you know, it was fun a few years ago with Bryant and Rizzo and, and Baez and all of them. So, yeah, I could see them getting back into it here and um, pushing for the postseason. I like
3: that.
0: Clint Frazier redemption?
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, until they signed C.S. Suzuki. <laughs> I think Frazier was in line to start, and then they signed Suzuki. Now they're probably going to have Suzuki, Ian Hap, and – Brennan Davis? Pro- probably midseason on Davis. I don't think he's quite ready Yeah, I had some strikeout issues in the upper minors. But I think Frazier's probably in a platoon with uh, – Oh, I'm blanking on the other guy's name. But yeah, so he'll probably still get some time. And I don't think Frazier could be written off yet. I think he just, he never really got a long run with the Yankees. And when he did start getting some run as a starter, he got injured. So it's never really been, he's never really had a chance to fully get his footing. He's still, I think he's still like what, 27, 28, still kind of young too. So good hitters park, change of scenery. And mm-hmm. he could have a nice bounce back. He's he's a decent hitter. He needs to he's stay on the field. <laughs>
1: All right, Eric, we're out of time here, so thanks again for coming on. You are the best.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.
0: It's Eric, we'll have you on midseason, hopefully.
2: Yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. Eldobardo,
0: yeah, Alberto
3: Mondesi's MVP campaign starts yes. now.
2: Begins you'll, now. You'll have, you'll have 20 homers and 45
0: steals by midseason. <laughs> yeah. look, at,
4: look at market.
0: <laughs> yo, 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 mid-episode shout out to my boys. boys G-Baby, Jake and Ruth, and James and Murph. And that's all. It's you 3 You know what? No, Alex Faba and Lanceer. Yo, Lance, shout out to that uh, really nice thing he did for Robert Williams or that big post. We gotta reshare that. Yo, and you know what? The one true host is back. One true host never left. You know that you know the vibes, baby? Oliver would never do this kind of stuff. Hello. It's the one true host. All right, we're back.
1: I hope you enjoyed our interview with interview. Conversation between the ferns <laughs> interview with um, Air uh, Cross we love having Air Cross on every year um, man is just a baseball encyclopedia any takeaways from that conversation boys
3: hey, you're you're drafting Bobby Witt super freaking early dude hey man for I that league that. other leagues it makes sense but man
1: I don't have a sixth round pick so why not take them
0: there when I have a chance you were, you know what, Oliver? I am calling your motherfucking bluff. Go ahead.
4: <laughs> I'll take him with a fourth.
1: So why about that? That's where I have to take him. What are you guys talking about,
0: uh, dude? I got, I got one fourth rounder. I'm taking Nick Castellanos and Bobby Witt with it. Both of them. Both of them. <laughs> I'm fucking cucking everybody.
4: Oh, <laughs> well, I'm the first one out of us who has a pick. So yeah. what are you going
0: to do? You have fucking
4: Bichette over there. If he's playing third, I don't care where, what, what's going on.
1: Yeah, he's supposed to be your starting third baseman on opening
3: day for the Kansas City Royals. What is the draft order? Let's oh, see here.
4: It looks like I'm taking Bobby
3: Witt. Are we 100% sure, though, that he actually is? Because I don't trust the Royals to do anything right. I feel like they might manipulate his service time. From
1: everything I've seen that I've, I've done, my de- I, I haven't gone super extensive watching every Boyle's post-game interview, but from my research, Bobby Witt is starting at third base on opening
3: day. Hmm. For a team that's not going to compete, though, that's what that's what gets me. Like, are they just going to – because look at it. Look at even with Kellnick last year. Hmm. I'm
0: looking at this draft order here. So we got James Rooney going first, Jake Morocco, first uh, draft ever, then we got Joshie Martin, dude. This is a very high percentage that Bobby Witt's sitting right there for Josh. But you're not gonna take him, Josh. I know. I you.
4: absolutely would. I don't. I don't what know what you're talking about. If he's that good, and I'll do my due diligence. <laughs> and this this will be like the fifth year in a row that I'll be screwing myself not taking a pitcher here. Because I mean, my my batting lineup is pretty good but I've screwed myself not taking a pitcher in the first round. (sighs) So I do have three of the top hitters in the league.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2019, motherfucker. (laughs) I guess. I think
4: Mookie's going to have a hell of a year.
0: Me too. I I agree. He's coming back. I'm busting your balls.
3: Speaky MVP pick.
0: That's crazy, that Dodgers team.
4: Oh yeah! He's going to score so many runs. He's going to score 125 runs.
3: I'm so disappointed. Imagine. No one heard my Will Smith joke to Eric Cross. By the way, <laughs> I missed it too. I did. Yeah, I missed it. I, I was like, you so mentioned Will Smith, and I was like, oh yeah, Will Smith. He's not just your average like slap ball hitter. And then I said something <laughs> too. I was like, he'd be rock solid in any lineup.
1: <laughs> like that. That that was. I hope some people pick up on that because you know, looking back on it. Could,
3: a plus. And I out of wait ten. for him to react. And he just kind of agreed. He's like, yeah, yeah. True. All right.
0: A plus. And no joke. One else
3: reacts, it's like, I guess we're just moving on. <laughs> I
0: didn't hear it. I wish I did.
3: <laughs> Here we are. Me mentioning it later in the podcast. So, <laughs> Speaking of which, how are you guys feeling about that? We can talk about that
0: now. <laughs> that's, that's the sign of the times we're in right now. Will Smith with yeah, SmackDown. Was,
1: uh, at the end of the day, I can't convince myself – I know people are going back and forth. Is it stage? Is it not stage? I can't convince myself that the Smiths would agree to do something like that because what benefit do they get? They get abs- nothing but negative press, essentially, for the most part.
3: I agree. No, that that was real, I think. Yeah. Well, even the audio, that's what sent it for me of like, all right, well, once you heard the audio, it's like, that's not – I don't know. That, that seemed very real, and again, people are shitting on it too. Of like, oh, we kind of missed. I don't know, heat of the moment, you try to hit someone, you're not going to do a clean like boom straight to the jugular type deal. And Chris Rock is just sitting there. <laughs> I looked Chris Rock like not moving though. He like stayed on his spot the whole damn time, just laughing. Honestly, he took Chris it well to be Great on this in the sense of like he could have just like looked like a dick. And it could have been, oh man, that joke went too far. But now, all of a sudden, it's like all the attention's on Will Smith instead. Um, I don't know. That's what I can't get over. It like ah, don't make it about you.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. In that moment, Will Smith, the whole world revolves around him and his feelings. In that moment, he could have talked to him after the fact, but I think he reached his breaking point in in his little superstar, you know, bubble. That was just, that was the last butt of a joke he's going to be part of. He fucking cracked. And obviously, more jokes to come. But in that moment, dude, he had enough.
3: And then Rock was ready on? to go, too. Did you hear him, too? He said, I could. And then he, like, and then he said, <laughs> uh, yeah. Chris Rock was ready.
0: And Chris Rock, yeah. Never even flinched. Or he, you know, he got hit. He got hit, but he, he never, well, he t- he never touched his well, face. One
3: so. half step back. And then he was right back on a spot. Nothing like, didn't touch yeah. his face either, at least of the. The, what right. they showed, wild. He, he
0: clenched his fist, too. I mean, he was ready to swing back. <laughs> Imagine if they had like a full-out brawl. What would happen? Imagine if
4: Chris, Chris Rock just dropped, dude. Right what on the stage. What would happen there? I know. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know, man. That would have been crazy.
1: I also personally feel the uh, – I don't think the joke necessarily deserved Will Smith to go up and slap him in the face, but I do think that was kind of – an over-the-line joke
3: yeah i mean I, they they yeah, say some offensive shit at those award they shows do, they do they like ricky gervais days like he was just fucking torching people like live and they would just be straight like mean mugging in the crowd
1: <laughs> yeah that one i think that one was i mean obviously it was over the line for for that family but just from an outside point of view it was pretty borderline i i think because you know it's like it's a disease. You're making fun of. It's not something anybody can help.
0: I agree. I just think, I just think Wills had enough of being the butt of jokes. Like you, you wouldn't see, you know, Chris Rock make a joke about Denzel's wife, or like Samuel <laughs> Samuel Jackson's wife. That'd be the day in hell.
3: You know, you just, yeah. It's like a nice
1: guy. Will Smith would never do anything. He doesn't even swear in
3: his raps. Right. She just involves herself in so much, though. I think that's the difference, though. You know what I mean? That yeah. Like a show, too. She's got a comment on every little thing. Which again, this is going to be she's going to have another whirlwind of I don't even know, media, whatever you call it. What is the It's like red table talk on Facebook. Oh,
1: <laughs> it's like God. it's
3: going to blow up again, like it did a couple <laughs> years ago with uh, I forget there are a couple in a row of big things where it was like, oh, so and so is going on there, she's going to eat this shit up. But oh, with her entanglement thing, that's what it was. I think <laughs> that was yeah. good. That was a good word.
1: All the uh. All the stuff that couple's been through, too. Like, this is the one that pushes Will Smith over the top. Like, interesting. Interesting trigger for Will Smith to, to go off on.
3: All-time night on Twitter, though. Incredible. The tweets were just, like, top-notch. I looked up to him. Oh, my god! Because I was asleep by that point. It's you just almost, left and right. So many. Oh, I loved it.
0: You almost wonder if there's a – there must be a, some kind of personal
3: beef for him to want to smack Chris Rock, you know? <laughs> Chris Rock said something about her in like 2016 or 2017 too. I think I saw, of just like a joke at her expense of uh, oh, of when she protested because he wasn't nominated for um, um, for some movie he she thought that he should have been nominated for best actor and so she was protesting and he kind of grilled her and said, "Well, that's like me not getting invited to Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited. <laughs> me not going." <laughs>
0: I remember that. That's right. I forgot about that.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Who knows if like, if that was like, if that's just water to the bridge or if that's like a, another piece, but, but will Smith, I will say this. Will Smith did laugh at the joke initially. He was laughing and then she reacted and made her face. And then it was like, Oh, go time.
0: Yeah. You know, when that camera cut away for that second that there was some kind of face or words exchanged between the two of them. And then will just like, Oh, go time. That's right. Guy cracked. Good slap, though. Good. Sl- it was a slap, total slap, not a punch. If it was a punch. It could have been a world of hurt for Chris Rock. Um,
1: in the baseball world, Al Pujols back in the Cardinals takeaway final season for Pujols. How do we feel?
4: I hope he hits 21 homers.
1: Is that how many he needs for 700?
4: Uh, yep. Looked it up before uh, the podcast. I, I mean, I hope
1: he stretch. gets there, but that's going to be tough.
3: That's crazy. Can you imagine telling yourself like ten years ago, that like Albert Pool's like not easily going to make it to seven hundred? Because even at this point, he's limping his way. Where it's yeah. like,
0: <laughs> the guy's old. The guy's fifty years old. You know, he's <laughs> he's, he's, he's like fifty-seven
3: <laughs> at least.
0: He's still jacked though. <laughs> You
1: see him today, dude? He was busting out of that. No, I didn't see it. Jack
0: still. Oh my God. I got to look him up and see how he looked today. He's a machine. Let me
4: see. He is a machine, dude.
1: He looks right in red. I know everybody looks good in a Dodgers uniform, but Pujos in red, something about it.
4: There's no way he's 42. He's way older than
1: 42. Like, (laughs) he has to be.
4: (laughs) I'm just saying, that's what it says.
1: Well, I know. I know that's what it says. But Fausto Carmona was also a different person that was five years younger than what he said he was or
0: whatever sure. it was. You know, is it just me. But, like, when I watch Albert Pujols' uh, highlights, of when he was first in the Cardinals, when he swung the bat, the bat looked like it was just fucking, like, like the bat speed looked so amazing and the it bat was, looks bigger.
1: It was next level. It's like same with Miggy. Like, look up Miggy highlights from, like, the late 2000s, early
0: 2010s. It was just different. Right. they're just they're just cranking them. God. Pools is a dodger too. What a weird time. Well, that was that was a matrix breaker.
3: I've yet oh, to see someone. Live that too. Looks, Imagine that. <laughs> you I, saw him I, like,
0: yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? I yet to Odd. see
1: someone that looks bad in a Dodger's game. Like Freddie Freeman, dude, absolutely slays in that uniform.
0: It's weird to me still.
1: I think he pulls it off great. Like Mookie Betts, when the first time I saw him, I was like, God damn, that looks so good and it hurts my soul. Let
0: me see, Freddie. Manny Ramirez look great. <laughs> no, no more, moms. too. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Any other former Red Sox. Eric Lowe. Beckett. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Joe <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh.
0: Julio Lugo. A farm system. Nick Punto. Did Edgar
1: Renteria play there, too? Probably at some point. Probably.
3: Adrian Gonzalez called Crawford.
0: Sure. Yep. Yep. Nick Punto.
3: Um, By the way, with uh with Freddie Freeman leaving, right? Because he won World Series MVP. No, no Jorge Soler did. Soler did. Yeah. 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 That, he was the first uh, World Series MVP to leave the team since Edgar Renteria. Yeah. With, yeah. With the what was that? The 2012 Giants. I think it's the 2012 Giants where he was World Series MVP. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Wild, wild. Um. Was he
0: also the MVP for the Marlins?
3: Well, like World Series MVP? They chosen – so.
0: Wasn't
1: it – Um, what's his name? Beckett.
3: Okay. I think it's Beckett in 03. What right.
0: about 97? Or whatever that was. Didn't they have two? I don't think Edgar Ontario is
3: playing in 97. Ah, uh, I think he was a better Yeah, because you're right. He was in St. Louis by 03, so he wasn't even on that team. Because he was –
0: in there at 04, too. Oh, he's only World Series MVP once, 2010. You're right. But he was a champion in 97 with the Marlins.
3: That's cool. Cliff era.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, also, I don't think we
1: have recorded since. Have we recorded since Archie Miller was the head coach? I don't think so. I don't, so. I don't, don't think, think so. so either. But URI has Archie Miller as our head coach, and the whole team's transferring out. I love George, it, though. The transfer, transfer portal works both ways, and I, I, I'm with you. It was the same thing when Hurley got here that first year, was just recruiting and building a foundation. It will be the same thing this year, and then I think year two, three, four is when we can start to expect to being, like, serious contenders. I'm honestly, as much as Mitchell twins were cool and all, but watching them play basketball, I think, it was partly to do with the, the coach and the surrounding pieces, but so frustrating sometimes. Most of the so time, so much I talent. Say. I know,
3: but just like they were just, I don't know, they didn't give a shit so many of the times. So no, I'm with you.
1: Like pull up yeah. threes from the Mitchell twins are not in the game plan. One of them could hit though. Was it? Think, was it? Before? I think one of them shot, uh, like he probably, I think it was in like the mid to low 30s. That's yeah, and for college, the for Collins though, fine. that's great. I still don't think a pull up three from your center is ideal, but whatever. Nonetheless, we're moving on, they're not coming back. And Archie Miller's here, and PC is losing basically everybody because they were they were all 25 years old. And thank God PC lost because I can I sucked like a baby that night.
4: Would have never heard the end of it.
1: Never, never ever, ever.
4: ever. Even although, if they just won that game alone.
1: Although Kansas tried hard to to lose Blow that it. game.
4: Dude, really I was did. standing up the whole time. The whole <laughs> second half, I was just standing up in my living room yelling at the TV. Yeah.
3: Uh, who are they
1: losing? Who? PC? PC, because they have. Don't
3: they Where have one?
1: Aren't there, I don't think Horsler is coming back. I don't think. Uh, I mean, I can. I don't know if how many of these guys. Have, the extra year of eligibility thing throws me off a lot, but I know like most of these guys were seniors. I think, like, four of their five starters are seniors, right?
0: Yeah,
3: you know, but i don't think Nate I think they're right because they're graduate. They were graduate seniors technically. Yeah. Like Nate Watson, Al there, they've got to be gone.
1: Korsler was a graduate transfer too, I believe. and um,
3: Justin Mania too. I'll you tell you what, I will miss seeing Omar Mania at PC games on the broadcast. That made me laugh every time. Because every broadcast, no doubt, they'd be like, Justin Manaya, he's a good player, too. And then it would just be like, there's his father, Omar, <laughs> former GM of the <laughs> fucking. like so random.
0: Yep, bye-bye to David Cox. Oh, damn. Am I... Yeah, wish him nothing but the best, of course.
3: Marilyn though, at least he – I'm glad he, he kind of got a, a great job right away in terms of being mm-hmm. there. Get his, Yeah,
1: that will be good for him. Um, I oh, don't forget, boys. Tomorrow night we have fantasy draft
0: number one. It's my first one for the year. It's gonna be interesting. So, how long do you think this is gonna take? You're gonna have like a draft timer? What do you mean? Yeah, what's that mean? You're right in this. Oh, actually, no, we're doing it on the uh. Google cheat, right?
1: How long? Why? How long did you guys think it was going to take? I don't think it's gonna take it's gonna be at least three hours. No, no, yeah.
0: way. I can't. I, I can't it's going to be to
4: stay to... for that long, dude. If it's I that long, physically, physically
1: we're, cannot where there's I don't think there's any shot it takes that long, but if for some reason it goes over what I think it will be, then we will pause it and finish it up later in the week or something.
3: What's the timer situation? Me. I mean, there you go right there. That's tough. <laughs> <done>. <laughs> Father time over
1: here. The expansion draft lasted 10 minutes with two people who already right. saw the
3: pool of players. There is was no, everybody can go like, see
1: the pool of players right now. Everybody on free agency is in the pool in the league right now. That's the pool.
3: I know, but you know what I mean? In terms of like, there were, they had eight picks to make. They had a I list guess, of 20 yeah. guys. There's not going to well,
1: be that. I, still, I don't know if it, if it does drag on, we'll have to pause it and do it later because like, like Josh said, he physically has to I
4: physically cannot. Like, this like, is pushing it for me right now.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I am going to try to move up the time a little bit because right now it's scheduled for 830. So um, I'll text you guys if I am able to move it up at all. Please, Steve, check the Discord for stuff because that's the easiest way instead of me texting 13 people. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: you still owe no. me the payment as well. Just
0: saying. We talking about? I paid you fucking hours ago. Did you pay me today? Actually. Absolutely. Okay. Nice. You fucking, You said it, no, and I went. I, I ran the Venmo sure as fast as I could. <laughs> <laughs> Slam that. I have
1: Venmo notification sound so I don't actually. I'm good mold.
4: for like the last thirty seconds.
1: Yeah, I know. I expect nothing. Nothing <laughs> else. Um, okay. Any closing takes for this week?
3: Real quick, our bracket challenge. Steve, you're in contention over here, sixth place. No way. Well, Didn't even know it. In your champ, is... who is your champ? Do you remember who your champ was? Duke. Duke. <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's, Let's go. go. Oh shit. <laughs> Let's go. Still in. Let's he's, go. He's still alive. Still very much alive. So I don't know these these names at the top of the board are not ringing a bell in terms of a. Um...
1: Oh my God, Maddie
3: B. Oh, Maddie B. Fourth, uh, but number one and two, Ian. I know so who uh, get bucks. And I, so get bucks. I
1: don't, I, I don't know what that means, but AB Looper, that's uh, by the way, golf fans, if you want a podcast do 200 par, debuted last week, that's my co host, AB Looper.
3: Okay. Anthony. Oh, I might I know who Anthony H actually.
1: I don't know who, I don't know what his, his fucking bracket name means at all, but, and I don't know who Wanchi is, second place there. But I do know who, I do know the first placer. He, yeah, he's in the uh, 200 par podcast with me and my brother.
3: Cool. I like it. Coming to a podcast near you.
4: Wait, what's the top, you uh, total right now?
1: Uh, 740 he's at, points. Yep, 740. Oh,
4: I'd be running away with it right now. Bro. What's your score? If I had just, if I had just entered my bracket. I didn't. I have uh
1: 830. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> what the Who fuck? Do you have oh, do you have Villanova? Villanova?
4: Yeah. I was perfect up until the last uh two games, like uh with my final four. So I had Arkansas and Duke. Um I also had Miami and uh I had Miami and Kansas, That's
1: crazy. <laughs> which
4: is That's incredible. Great. Um, but yeah. No, uh, once uh, Arkansas and UCLA lost, I was all done. Do you have a chance? Uh, to yeah, win? I, but I have Nova Nova winning. So
3: yeah, you got a shot, Steve. You really do. Your max score is eleven hundred. I mean, if Duke wins, I think. Although Matty B also has Duke, so that might be. Yeah, I don't
1: uh, think he can win. Like, actually,
3: out of it. I don't know.
0: Gotcha.
1: Because he has Duke versus Kansas in the final.
0: Ah shit.
1: He also had Virginia Tech in the Final Four. What the hell?
0: <laughs> uh,
4: he had a lot of ground to make up.
1: Okay. All right. Uh Any closing takes for the squad? Uh, see
0: you so, yeah, all tomorrow. For a three-hour right. fucking overnight Zoom call. <laughs>
4: Maybe we'll uh, – oh, I'm already getting a text message from Connor about Trout. I put up a message about Trout.
3: Oh, what? the Facebook group. <laughs>
4: Uh, shout out connor <laughs> um yeah maybe we can live stream some of the offline drafts
1: yeah i'm down i'll stream it yeah absolutely cool all right well uh, we'll see you next week which will be opening week week opening yes week. so fucking uh, pumped. pumped cool all right um all right see you dudes. peace all right
4: peace out
0: <laughs> the one true host returns! Yo, I listened to the podcast last week. Oliver, thanks for the outro. Psych! Yo, shout out to my boys Jake Ruth, Jake Groth, James Murphy, uh, G Baby, of course, Lance Legier, Alex Fava, House Enterprise. Yo, shout out to my boys Will Tondo, Jake Zimmer. Yo, if you listen to this podcast in actuality, thank you. Seriously, I say it every time I get the chance to, but I mean it. Like, dude, you're still listening after all this shit. You know, I was probably doing some podcasting with like the day the podcast app. I can't believe how many good ones there are. But you guys took time out of your day to listen to this absolute bullshit. Thank you. While I have you here, I can't believe the hatred Will Smith's getting on Twitter. I refuse to cancel this man. You know what? Cancel culture gets everybody. We ain't getting Will Smith! Will Smith is the GOAT. 30 years of entertainment this man's given us. No, no, no. We're not gonna cancel Will Smith like that. He's had a rough year. You know what? 2022? We're saving the people we love! We love you, Will Smith! Will Smith? Chris Rock, too! They'll be friends again. Finally, we're grown adults here. Who cares, by the way? The Oscars! By the way, these are my. My my opinions, as you guys, you guys know. But this is how I really feel. This is the Oscars. Who cares? There's a lot going on in the world. We're out here worrying about Will Smith. But shout out to Will Smith that always contributed to life. Some of the best movies, complete club jams. Will Smith's the Anyway. I love doing this podcast every year, Eric Cross is always a special one, so if you're a special listener, just this Eric Cross episode alone, thank you for coming through, this is what we do every week by the way, we uh, end it with an outro, if I'm hosting of course. Yes, I am the one true host, shout out to my boy though, G-Baby, always got love for my boy G-Baby, got my love, come on man, someone's calling me during this. Mo Chanel's calling me. Motionel has my phone number, he's calling me. Bro! I hope you guys can hear my ringtone going off. Shout out to G-Baby, Jake Ruth James Burke, Jake Morocco, all y'all. But seriously, shout out to my boy Lance Legier. Amazing article written about Robert Williams. Hopefully that knee gets better. Shout out to Robert Williams for real. Shout out to my boys. Not McPuff, of course. Not Jim Tomei, ever.